And greetings, everyone. You're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Art Hour, and I'm your host, Mike Malson. I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Eric, who do we have today? Well, we have family in here. This <laughs> is nepotism at its finest. <laughs> We're just like, bring him in. And then we interviewed um, a member of my band yesterday, so I'm starting right. to feel a little guilty. It's like, yeah, right. it's the Eric Woodard Family and Friends show. <laughs> uh, but we have Rachel and Mike Lenz. Welcome. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a fun conversation because I should know a lot of stuff about what you do, and I think I know a little bit of it, but I'm going to get the, the nuts and bolts of what it looks like. So I'm really interested to see how you create the stuff that you create. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't want to talk as much. I want you to tell me uh, what do you do? Uh, what, what, what's the story of what you're doing out there in the valley? Um, so we run a horror-themed escape room in the valley. Um, it's horror-themed year-round. So, you know, a lot of people think that's a little crazy, but we kind of specialize in dark arts. So we um, typically escape rooms. Um, it's, you know, com compartmentalized where the owner, you know, buys their games from this site and, you know, kind of pulls resources in like that where we are proud to do all of that on our own. So we do our own set design. We do costuming, um, special effects, makeup. We employ actors year round um, mm. through the community as well. Um, and, you know, kind of the escape room is just kind of a slice of of what we do and it's kind of a funnel funnel for our dark arts as I say. Now funnel for your dark arts was this something you were doing beforehand in some other way that you turned into the escape room or how did you even get into that idea? Well I've done uh, haunted attractions since 2003 um, and when we saw what escape rooms were doing when they first came into the market uh, they were kind of missing something um, for us, it seemed like they were missing a pressure or a reason to want to ex escape. Um, <laughs> so we figured if we just take some of those horror elements and some of the ideas from uh, your traditional haunted attraction, kind of mesh that together with the um, escape room industry, that we could create a whole new immersive uh, theatrical experience for people. It's kind of something that nobody was doing at the time, um, and we just want to fill that gap. So well, you said haunted attractions in 2003? Yeah. What, so what was that? Uh, so I did a small community haunted house uh, for, for many years out in Spokane Valley um, uh, called Trepidation Acres. Uh, it, was, it was just a small thing, um, took donations and, and stuff like that. And I was always trying to, I was looking to go commercial with it. Um, and when escape rooms came in and it just, it just seemed like a good fit. Um, and it was something that we could do year round. It was we didn't have to wait till October came to to start building and making props and stuff. Now we can now we just do it year round. So when did escape rooms start coming in? I mean, what was what because they do seem to be popping up a lot. There's there's just one down the street here in the old like man shop barber shop oh, I think. Okay. Where, but I mean they're not they aren't the horror theme. But they, but so I'm just trying to figure out this kind of went from something that didn't exist to something that you're seeing in every city now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in in the United States it kind of came a thing around 2014 2015 is where you saw a lot of escape rooms open um it originally started in japan um and kind of moved its way over here uh most of the escape rooms will uh center themselves on team building or or, or things like that where we focus on uh entertainment we just want to entertain you we don't necessarily care about the team building part of it yeah <laughs> we want to scare you or entertain you one or the other 
More like scream building, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a really scary one going on right now, right? Yeah, we have um, Dr. Benning's House of Horrors. Dr. Benning is one of our icon characters um, at Unit 55. Uh, we just introduced him this year. Um, even though he's tied into all of, or a lot of the other stories that we do, we just introduced him this year. It's turned out to be the scariest game we've done <laughs> so far, um, which is really good for us. Um, now, how do you quantify that this is the scariest game you've done? We we go by what, what we call fuzzy bunnies. Fuzzy bunny is the safe word. So if you've had enough and and you just want out, you yell fuzzy bunny, and I come in and I'll I'll save you. Um, but we, we go by Fuzzy Bunnies, and this game um, has passed the record. Um, we've had over 50 Fuzzy Bunnies um, just in the four short weeks that this game has been running. We've oh, ruined man. a couple of birthday parties. <laughs> 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 uh, well, what oh, makes this man. one so scary? You know, I, I, I think it's just kind of um, the design and the layout. Um, also, with the interaction that they we, we kind of force people to interact with the actors in a certain way in this game um just really they're in their own horror movie um and in, in some of the games we've done in the past um you know they'd interact with the character and the character would go away but this game um they have to make decisions every time they see a character they have to hide they have to run they ha um there are hiding places built into the to the game for customers to hide in so it kind of that kind of puts people on edge like oh i see him i better move my buns and find a cubby or somewhere to hide or you will get kidnapped and taken from your group and taken to a separate part of the game well that sounds terrifying can you explain <laughs> what kidnapping is <laughs> so so kidnapping um when you happen to run into uh in this case dr benning um dr benning's gonna take you to a different part of the game and separate you from your group um and and then you're you have your own game to to rejoin the group so it's not like you're out of the game you're just moved to uh, you just have to figure out how to get out yes and and some some games it uh, it you'll be relying on yourself. Some games you'll re be relying on the people outside of the the kidnapping room. Um, but I think the thing that makes it the scariest is just that people know they're going to get kidnapped, and a lot of people don't want to be separated from their comfort person mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and taken to a dark room. Well, it's dark <laughs> and there's noises. People are so uptight. So people you know? are on edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even I mean, I did it a couple weeks ago. Just the 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 stage you set when you put the the um, masks or the hoods over people's mm -hmm. heads as you lead them in and then they're in this dark room where they don't know what they are i mean you're kind of setting the state <laughs> yeah. oh mike mike you're not liking that no huh? i'm just thinking <laughs> i think well probably not but i'm just thinking of my wife if she went to one of those uh man that would be she would be the oh, fuzzy the bunny fuzzy the fuzziest bunny, bunny in the world and the loudest scream you ever heard <laughs> in your life you know yeah. it's it's pretty funny for us we when we talk about it a lot of people say oh you know horror is not my thing or that's not mm -hmm. That's not for me, or I know someone who would just never do it. But, you know, we've hooded grandmas, we've hooded judges, <laughs> policemen, mm -hmm. firemen, kids, and everybody comes out with a smile on their face like, oh, man, they either feel accomplished because they made it through or they're like, thank God this is over yeah. and I'm out. But either way, it's they're smiling. And, and with the hoods, you know, we kind of we we're like the, the backwards escape room. So, like, we want you to escape your world and be submerged into ours um, just for an hour. You know, humans love an escape. And mm -hmm. so we take your phones from you, we make you lock your stuff up, and, and being scared, it really makes you have to trust the people that you're with. And so we see families come together, we see families turn on each other. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's all, we just wanna submerge you in our world, so. Well, that's a great 
concept, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole notion of escape, because I think society needs that kind of thing. So, but what what planted the seed that you guys were going to do this as a business? Um, really, it was uh, we we're just kind of at a pivotal point trying to decide. Uh, we wanted to go commercial. Uh, doing a, a commercial attraction in 2015 and uh, we we're just kind of at a place we didn't know exactly what we were going to do um, I was at a trade show in St. Louis and kind of learned about escape rooms there and I just it seemed smart we could do it year-round it's small um, we can use a minimal amount of actors it's it's time ticketing so there's never it's not a line you know when you're going to be there uh, you don't have to wait outside in the cold and that, that kind of thing so it just kind of it just it formed uh it just formed out of nowhere really um mm -hmm. it was just an idea and then we just kind of expanded on it and um yeah it just became came our work so your first escape room was it the one that you're currently in now too out, it's out in the valley correct um, we have moved locations uh we were when we first started we were in a very sketchy warehouse um out of uh, off a of park road it, it was so sketchy i would have to go out and talk people into the building most of the time <laughs> so uh, the escape room started outside yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah as a matter of fact you escaped into the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you know the the first round of customers for that that first game you know they it was they, they trusted us a lot because we did uh, hood them outside they never actually walked into the building um, before they were submerged into the game or yeah um, mm -hmm. but we just uh, I put the hoods on them and, and brought them into uh, what looked like one of the most vacant buildings in town <laughs> in the middle of the night and you know they and we take all their stuff from them and put them in a box and they just trusted us to do it <laughs> and good thing because uh it's kept us going this whole time yeah. so. now a question just occurred to me because the, just the, the uh, when i ask this question it's going to sound like i'm going to ask you to kind of tattle on yourself or something but <laughs> looking back at the first game you did mm -hmm. What do you think you did well in that first game? And maybe what did you do that you said, oh, man, this you did something that made you realize we need to improve this for later games. So looking back, drawing a line from the games you're creating now, which I'm assuming you're thinking are probably the best games you've ever done because yeah. you're learning. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what was that first game like? Well, escape rooms were just as new to us as everybody else. So, and neither of us has a, like a gaming background. So, um, just designing the game was was incredibly tough for us. Um, we, from coming from a haunted house, you try to put as many props and as many things as as you can into a room for the sake of immersion. Um, but you forget in a haunted house, a person walks through the room, and they they don't come back to it. In an escape room everything is fair game. So when the when a group walks out after their 60 minutes and they've just uh, taken everything from every single room and put it into the last room of the game and you have to now set up a 30-minute 30-minute setup in 10 minutes because you have another group coming in. We we kind of learned that that was uh, one of the biggest things was kind of limiting what we put into the rooms as as far as as props and, and things. Um also in the um, layout and design a little bit, the, our first game was five rooms, um, and they were all next to each other. Now we incorporate a lot of long hallways, um, crawl spaces. We just have tried to get more creative with the design, so it's not like you're opening a door, walking to the next room, opening. You know, those are the stale things that I think um, maybe some other escape rooms do or maybe fall into that we try to break away from. Um, we just want it to be 
you know, as as switchback and creepy and dark and, you know, lead you to somewhere where you don't even know where you are, even though with the big lights on, if you just took a left, you're right where you started, you mm -hmm. know, but w with the way that Mike does the layouts, it's disorienting sometimes when you're in there and in the dark. So do you, did you have to do research on this? Was, did you come to these um, more innovative and creative ways to create horror on your own through trial and error? Or do you also do research about maybe other places that are doing that or watch horror films to get ideas from the psychology of mm -hmm. horror? You know, there is a psychology about that. Yeah, we, we do a lot of, if we do research is more on like the psychology part of it. Um, we really try not to focus on what other escape rooms are doing. Um, we don't we don't go see their games, we don't check them out. Um, we want to separate ourselves from the, the traditional escape room model. Um, and we want to do something that's completely original. Um, so we're not taking anybody's ideas or, or anything like that. Um, I think the, the psychology part of it, we just learn more and more as, as the games go, what scare people, what scares people, what makes them tick, um, what makes them fuzzy bunny. <laughs> <laughs> ultimately that's our goal. Yeah. The more fuzzy bunnies, the better yeah. for us. So. Well, it's not, when you're talking about not doing what other games do, it sounds like earlier you mentioned that you, you call them characters. So yes. you had this new doctor. Mm -hmm. um, do you have mm -hmm. sort of an overall mythology in these games where maybe um, characters come in? And I mean, because I know characters have come back, mm -hmm. right, in yes. games. Yeah. So are you trying to build a mythology that if people come to the game multiple times, they might see reoccurring elements or mm -hmm. characters? Or how do, you, how, does, how do all of your games tie together, or do they? Um, we have a couple of different storylines. So we like to call it the universe. And in, in that universe, universe there's um, several characters that, that mix together. Their stories mix together. Sometimes you'll know it when you play a game, or you might not know until five games later when we kind of introduce that um but a lot of our games do connect together the storylines um fall fall together um we have a game called the curse of evelina that was uh, our very first icon character now evelina was uh murdered on valentine's day um <laughs> and her her ghost came comes back on valentine's day to haunt uh lovers out on out for the night and that kind of thing um, but we never knew, we never told anybody who killed Evelina. We gave, we gave them the story. And then later on down the line, they find out that, um, a doctor, um, that worked at the hospital had killed Evelina. Um, and then she was re resurrected by Dr. Benning, who is now mm -hmm. the house of horrors doctor. Um, but so we've done <clears throat> some, some games in between there to kind of push that storyline, but what I've noticed is that people do love the characters and they, they will come back for certain characters because they come become attached to them or their storylines. So we try to try to melt them together as much as we can. We do some um, historical stuff. We did an H.H. Holmes game, um, which was kind of a no brainer for us. Um, H.H. H. Holmes was America's first serial, serial killer. The Chicago had, World's Fair, right? Yes, yeah. and he had the murder castle. Um, so this last year, I actually um, took the took a blueprint of the murder castle and i scaled it down and we we rebuilt it and brought h.h H. holmes back so i mean there's a historical side and then we have mm -hmm. our games that kind of run together or a holiday side we do krampus and those kind of things now have you both always been attracted to horror 
I don't think so. He kind of led me down this <laughs> How did that happen, Rachel? <laughs> Tell know, me how you went to the dark side. I kind of have just, my whole life, have just kind of been like a floating artistic feather. I never really had a home. I never really felt like I had a good funnel for my artistic tendencies. Um, when Mike and I met, he kind of introduced me to this stuff, and I was very much behind the curve. He really had to catch me up. Um, but, you know, he pretty much was just like, yeah, this is me and you, so you better learn makeup. You better learn costuming, which I already could sew roughly, and I, I paint, so painting on a face is just, you know, a bumpy surface. Um, and so kind of, he kind of just tossed me in, and, you know, now it's, we just, like, eat, breathe, and live horror sure, all the time. Sure. Um, and I do want to talk about that mural you did in yeah. the Garland District later yeah, on, yeah, but uh, even then, there was definitely a horror yes, element to that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. You know, he, um, I, we're, we're a really good team where that... Mike kind of he does the designing he does all the all like the brute and brunt stuff and I kind of come in and fine-tune so that's kind of how we function in all aspects of our life um, our business is the same way you know he he builds things and does like bulk painting and I come in and I get to distress the walls and decide what props go in each room and and you know we we work collaboratively to come up with the look for our characters and costuming and stuff like that so you know we're just it's just us this is our whole team is us we we have actors who work for us and you know have come back and left and come back and you know but we do we do it all so mm. how about you mike have you always been a horror guy from the very beginning uh, i think so i mean my my mother read me uh stephen king books when i was a kid and i don't think i ever went back i just <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been into horror um and once i got into like the haunted house business and, and building props and, and doing different sculpting and stuff I really saw the the artistic side of it as well so it really works great for me i get to do what i love artistically and thematically i guess <laughs> as if that's the right word <laughs> now to what extent are your kids um i mean because you don't hide that from them i no. mean i saw them out at the place so are, are they comfortable with the horror aspect and the scary makeup and all that oh, stuff oh yeah <clears throat> You know, we have three kids. Our oldest is six, uh, and they trickle down from there. Um, but, you know, we just we want them to see all of it from start to finish. So if I'm turning myself into a zombie, I want them to see my normal face and watch every single step to for me to get scary so they know, oh, it's just mom under there, you know. And so we try to really very much submerge them in this and our world. Um we don't keep business at home. We sculpt, uh, or at, at, at the business, I'm sorry, we sculpt at home. We do things at home, and they see, you know, fake blood and guts and gore all the time. And, you know, it's just part of who we are. So mm -hmm. so um, you said that when you started, now you're, you're building mm -hmm. sets on your own and mm -hmm. everything like that. Just, just do it yourself, learn on your own as you go, or did you have to get some... Uh, mentoring or training, you know, like from set designers or anything like that? Or is that just something that you guys picked up? Um, really, I, I had um, I had some experience um, with with theming the theming the sets and stuff. She just came in and kind of fine tuned it. Um, it was real hard. It, it was a funny story. Uh, when when she first came in, she you know she's used to painting flowers and, and different <laughs> bright things. You know? And I said, okay, this is what we're gonna do in this in this horrible bathroom scene or or whatever. And and I'd go out off and start building. I come back and you know twenty minutes later, and she's got maybe 
you know, a couple of feet worth of work of done. And I said, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. You grab the paint. You throw it here. You throw it here. It's really aggressive art. It hurt art. my feelings. <laughs> I, it, was, it was really hard for me to get past that. And, you know, now I think that in our first show, it took us probably six months to write all the game and probably a solid month of building and theming and painting our all of our mm. rooms. And now we'll just crack them out, you know. So it was there was a big learning curve for me. I think yeah. that I had the bigger learning curve than Mike. So just kind of piggybacking on Eric's question then, you, he mentioned this mural in the Garland District. Mm -hmm. So prior, as you were doing that, you were painting flowers or more <laughs> representational yeah. kind of art. Now, how has this experience uh, changed your way of expressing yourself through your painting? Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing, because I've acted in our shows for a long time too, and I am a really, I tend to be an awkward and reclusive person. I'm not... Um, I'm not super comfortable, you know, but when I turned myself into a monster and was in shows, um, it just gave me a confidence that I've never had. And that confidence has kind of exploded me into different artistic avenues. Um, I got to paint a, a mural in the Garland District for an art in action event, and I painted a giant zombie. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, we do horror art, but I, I made those connections and I met those people because I now have the confidence to put myself out there. Um, mm -hmm. And also the a bit of knowledge and backing to make me worthwhile artistically too. So. Oh, that's cool. You are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Uh, it's 420. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be a joke. But <laughs> there's a show promo coming up. And um, I always play the same promo because this is one of my favorite people. So if you're interested, uh, you can listen to Jukebox Jenny on Sundays. And uh, here's her show. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. This is your live and local calendar for Thursday, November 21st to Sunday, November 24th. Thursday at the Lucky You Lounge, Carmen Jane Kate at the Left Bank Wine Bar, Jonathan Tibbetts. Friday at the Lucky You, Fretland, Milonga, and DJ Knight with Rose Throw. At the Max at Mirabeau, Mojo Box, both Friday and Saturday. At the Knitting Factory, Last Chance Band at DJ Maddie. At Zola, Friday and Saturday, Tuck Foster and the Tumbling Dice. At the Nine, a Drag King and Drag Queen show with DJ Patrick. Saturday at the Bigfoot Piper's Rush at the Bing Crosby Theater, the Portland Cello Project. At the Fox, Saturday and Sunday, Spokane Symphony does the Nightmare Before Christmas in concert live to film. Knitting Factory has Jason Nash at the Lucky You High Pulp and Funky Uncle. At the Pen, Cryptic Wisdom. At the Red Room Lounge, Scott Pemberton and the Electric Power Trio. And at the Nine, DJ Mad. Sunday at the Pen, Demon Jones. And at the Bing Crosby Theater, Philippe Esparza's Bad Ombre Tour. Live and local receive support from the Big Dipper and all-ages live music venue located at 171 South Washington Street in downtown Spokane. And from our 
one of our favorite underwriters. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine. It's at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. And then we've got, uh, we're, we're going to ask for money. Okay, so <laughs> we will not... <laughs> <laughs> did you did, almost do did, it? Almost did it again. Just so you know, Mike has a habit yeah. of reading the directions yep, as well go. as the we text. We will not be mentioning texting. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you, and you, for just $3 a month, can keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS to 44321. And we could always use your money. We don't have any ads or anything like that. So the reason when the lights are on and you're hearing us right now is because of people like you. So thank you if you've donated. And if you haven't, it's pretty easy to do. What was the number again? Text Give KYRS to 44321. Awesome. And then uh, we have asked Rachel with her mellifluous voice to read a public service announcement for us. You can support KYRS by drinking coffee. Every first Monday of the month, KYRS gets 10% of the proceeds at Cafe Afogado. Cafe Afogado is located at 19 West Main in Spokane. Information is at 868-0011. Nice. Yeah, You're a natural. Man, man. Yeah, I just had an Americano at Cafe Afogado, and it was delicious. Uh, okay. So um, <laughs> at, as we were on the break... Uh, I asked you a question. I just, I mean, something I, I think, the one thing I don't want to do is have done with an interview and have you say, gosh, I wish, I wish he, was at, he would have asked me that question. Uh, so one of the questions I asked you, and you said you, you started in the basement. <laughs> and uh, there's, I'm sure there's a story there, and I think it's more than just a literal basement. It's probably yes. a figurative basement as well. So tell me about that. Um, you know, it's... We made that joke because everyone's always like, we started at the bottom, you know. Well, for us, we definitely started lower than that. Um, (laughs) When when Mike and I met, we were kind of at pivotal moments in our own personal lives as well. We we had nothing um, really emotionally, monetarily, anything to give, um, which kind of blossomed this business in us because we thought, well, we have nothing to lose. Um, So we decided together to move into an RV um, on some property and we lived there for a year and a half while we started this business. Um, it was some of the toughest times and most blessed times of my life so far. Um, you know, it was cool for us to to bond and become so close and solid through all the trials of starting a business. Um, especially a business like this, we really had to um, first get the w- word out and second, let have people trust us enough to do this you know well and um, third you have to develop the games I yeah mean, this yeah. is a creative endeavor too. yeah so there was a lot of late nights you know sitting up in the rv and talking and creating this whole thing and you know it also um as far as our family life goes it really built a strong foundation for things that we believe in for our family too we live very mon- minimalistically um we run our business from one iPhone. We have no internet in our home, and we share a phone, um, which isn't forced on us. It's a choice. Um, so there's a lot of interesting challenges to us and what we do. Uh, we, we run an alternative business. We live in the woods kind of off the beaten path and live minimalistically. So, you know, it's kind of um, – there was kind of a lot of stuff stacked against us, I guess. And now we're in year five, and – 
every single day we get to go to work and show our kids that living an artistic dream is possible. And if we die tomorrow and that's just something that our kids know, then job well done for us. You know, we just we just want to that to translate in our family that if you can dream it, go do it. You just have to be willing to make the sacrifices to get there. And we we definitely have and you know, we're on the other side of it now and every every day is kind of a blessing for us as artists. Wow, that's that's amazing. I'm just trying to think <laughs> trying to put myself in that situation, my goodness. When did you kinda know um was there a turning point when you thought, you know, I think we can pull this off? I mean, you're, you, like you said, you start a business, you're putting all that time in, you're living in an RV, you know, you're raising a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to take in this leap of faith. But, yeah. but now you're five years into it. Was mm-hmm. there a, a moment where you guys just kind of looked at each other and go, man, we're, we're making this happen? Probably after the first year. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. Yeah. I think that when we rolled into our second Halloween season, we kind of, we saw some of the same faces and we thought, okay, you know, people, people know who we are and we're gaining trust and we're not closed down yet. So that's a positive thing. Yeah. And uh, just uh, to see, you know, a lot of people would have said that a horror business couldn't survive or have said a, bo- a horror yeah. business can't survive year round. Um for us, like being in the middle of August and having sold out weekends and, and uh, sold out shows, um, it really, hmm. you know, proved us that we can do this year round and, and people love it. There is a market for it. It might not be for everybody, but the people who like it keep coming. And yeah, coming that was going to be my yeah, next question. Right. What percentage of the people mm-hmm. who come do you think are repeat customers? Oh, oh wow. It's, it's high. I would say probably in the 70s. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have somebody who just comes every game? Oh, gosh, we yeah. have entire families that we see maybe two times a month. We have some customers who they're like, okay, we have to like stagger ourselves on your shows because we want to make a stop to see you once a month. You know, we've, uh, oh, that's so we cool. know their kids, they know our kids. We've screen printed, uh, unit 55 onesies for babies who are being born to oh. our customers. Um, you know, we kind of, we don't have customers, we have fans and th- we have a bit of a cult following. Um, so we, we love our fans. We love our people. In fact, it's our business hours. We operate during social times. Um, so that's our social outlet. It's just getting to see these people, you know, f- just for that split second and, you know, have these power sessions of how you been, what's going on, what's new. And then when they come out, they're like, oh, that was so awesome. And we love this about this show and great job. And, you know, we, we have so many people who have been coming to us for years. Some, some people have played 30 plus of our games wow. yeah we're on our 30 38th theme right now wow. um yeah. i have uh, we have a group that's been with us since the very first game and and they haven't missed a beat mm-hmm. um but we as as we go we keep picking up more and more of those groups and and you know you kind of develop a friendship or bond with these people oh, yeah. sounds we, like a real community that you're also yeah. developing uh, yeah. i think for those people too it's um there's no horror community here um in a lot of other places even just in our country there's a big horror scene there's really not in spokane and Mm. so for a lot of people who crave that and want that that's what we're here for i would have never known that i mean i didn't even know about this is how naive i am about just the whole (laughs) concept of escape rooms Mm -hmm. and that 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 horror was this big of an industry with the, the kind of stuff that you guys are doing yeah so that 
Well, and with the horror aspect of it, I mean, what I like about it, the best part is, you know, you've got the escape room, which is a very frontal lobe type of reasonable type mm-hmm. thing. And you force people to overcome their lizard brain amygdala fear mm-hmm. so that they can, when they have somebody whispering in their ear, somebody banging <laughs> on the walls, you still have to f- mm-hmm. solve the puzzle. Um, I mean, have you are, are other escape rooms doing that or is that just kind of... Um, something that you do. I mean, there's there's escape rooms that do s- s- horror themes. There's nobody out there that I have found in the country that does has the exact recipe that we do. Um, a lot of I haven't found anybody else who hoods and kidnaps. Right. And, and, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that we do that I think a lot of people are just kind of scared to do. Um, we have done some extreme games, um, and those games are. Like uh, the last one we did, one player couldn't see, one player couldn't hear, one player couldn't talk, and one player was locked in a tiny little box. <laughs> and um, so there's nobody kind of doing those things that, that we're doing. We're kind of pushing the envelope and just trying to be as unique as we can. Now, this is a, not an art question, but a business question. If that's the case, have you considered um, kind of trying to franchise this? Um, I mean, we've we've thought about expanding in, into different markets. Um, I don't know if we would fran- franchise it out to anybody else just because who's going to love your business as much as you? Right. Well, even even if you don't franchise, you mentioned earlier that you can buy games. You don't, mm-hmm. but yeah. there are games out there. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you could do? You could sell your like, games? Mm-hmm. We, we could. Um, but once again, we are more concerned about being unique and, and um, putting on these shows. We don't want to give someone an experience that they just got in Boise or mm-hmm. in, in somewhere else. When you come to Unit 55 in Spokane, you're getting an escape room that you're not going to get anywhere else. Okay, so th- that's that's kind of a question that I... Actually, yeah. I'm going to let you ask a question because I think my question, the answer is going to be a lot longer. So okay. you well, I was just curious. Unit 55, what, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, every, everybody asks, where does Unit 55 come uh, yeah. come from? We just, um, I wanted something uh, kind of generic because we, we switch out our, our themes a lot. So I didn't want it to be um, specifically geared towards one thing. Um, so Unit 55 just was the, the, the shady warehouse, you know, where we're Unit 55, even though we were 2C or whatever. <laughs> but that doesn't sound as scary. Um, so we just kind of went with Unit 55. and um, I think the word survive. We didn't want to use escape because other escape rooms, It's um, that's all it is, is escape. Or their symbol or their logo is a key, you know, with the hole. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, what's another word that would be more suited to our theming? And so we came up with survive. So survive 55 is kind of um, kind of where that blossomed, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So I was asking the question about buying a game, and you don't buy a game. But let's mm-hmm. say you wanted to start a game. So mm-hmm. you you have to come up. I mean, for you, it's probably all woven together. But take me through creating a game from start to finish. Um, so really, we the the theme um, or or our villain or our character is. So that's usually where you start is with a character. Yeah, we, we'll okay. start with the character, and then. Um, Let's just take Krampus for for uh, this 
Are you running Krampus again this year? This year we're actually retiring Krampus because all the other haunted attractions in the country are, are rolling him out. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so we're, we're going with... We've done uh, Krampus for four years, so <laughs> we're going to do pictures with Krampus, uh, just like pictures with Santa, so we'll let families <laughs> and stuff come down. Um, but as far as the game goes, he's retired this okay. year. Yeah, we're going to do uh, Grilla, the Icelandic uh, Christmas witch, um, and her Yule Lads, which is, it's going to be a really cool theme. She smells like garbage and boils children. She's so. charming. <laughs> She's <laughs> Charming, charming lady. <laughs> okay, so uh, you'll do yeah. Krampus. So how so, does Krampus start? So say we have Krampus now. So now I say to Rachel, say, okay, we're going to do Krampus. We need, I need the um, the art for whatever the walls are going to be, whatever the game's going to be. And then we try to incorporate Christmas into, into the games. So whether it's nutcrackers or, mm-hmm. or different things. So we just come up with the elements of, of what we want the game to be. Um, and then, of course, we, we build the layout and say... And every game's a different layout, right? Every mm-hmm. game's a different layout. Okay. We switch out every month and a half. Um, and tear down and completely rebuild every time. Yeah. Oh, completely rebuild. So it's mm-hmm. not like you save certain sets or... No. Nope. Wa- oh, wow. In fact, that hurts my artistic feelings as well because, <laughs> we, you know, yeah. we paint all these and they're themed so heavily and then we just have to roll over them for the next oh, show. So my it's goodness. kind of like a, you know, it's I think it's cleansing also. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the idea of the Buddhist mind. Yes. Uh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. really dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Buddhist would touch that one. Opposite direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so you do the layout. Yeah. Uh, so we do the layout. And, say, and do you do all of the um, construction? All, all the construction, all, all the designs. Hmm. Um, and, and we do cheat a little bit. Um, all of our sets are um, theater flats. So all I have to do is I, I can tear them all down, and I don't have to actually rebuild. I just have to relay it out. So mm-hmm. I just take them all and reset them up um, in a different configuration. He makes that sound really easy, but I don't <laughs> believe it is. <laughs> but um, so that's that's what makes the quick change outs possible because everything's already built. We just have to tear it apart and, and put it back together in another fashion. Mm-hmm. But so we'll we'll decide, you know, um, how many rooms we want them to go through, or or how long if there's going to be kidnapping in that game or whatever, and we'll kind of nail down the games. Um, and then, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. test them out a little bit, and then. Open and how them many up actors do you generally have per show? Um, it really depends on the show. So for for a game like our Outbreak game, it's hard to have a zombie horde with one zombie. Um, <laughs> so so we'll have more more zombies. Um, Christmas time um, for Krampus last year, we had Krampus plus the elf on the shelf because Krampus can't really talk. He's not a, he's not a talking character. Um, so we had the elf on the shelf who could kind of come in and maybe nudge people in the right way or, or give hints we don't do hints like on a board or anything like that all the actors push the game and guide them where they where they need to go or away from where they need to go however however mm-hmm. the game works out um but for the most part we'll we'll always have um one actor obviously um we we stop we've done a couple of non-actor games and we'll we'll never go back to that to that <laughs> they just it wasn't our thing and didn't really play out the way we wanted um but we've got some really good actors um, right now for our, our Dr. Benning game. We have a really good actor. He's really committed to the character. Um, and that's why I think where we get all the fuzzy bunnies from, because he takes it to another level uh, and makes them feel like they're actually trapped with a psychotic. <laughs> He's really good. He's so really good. Just on that part, point there, so I'm thinking, again, if my wife was going through this room with Dr. Benning and then, 
So is there, have you ever had anybody like, yeah, all of a sudden my heart's kind of like, I'm feeling <laughs> some chest pains here, you know? I well, mean, do you have to get insurance and stuff like for that kind of oh, yeah, possibility? Yeah. We, we have all, all like the general <laughs> liability stuff that yeah. any other attraction like ours would yeah. have. Um, luckily for us, we have never had anybody hurt. Normally, it's the actor who gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I would think about that because yeah. sometimes they sneak up on you, and yeah. I could see somebody just, just turn around and yeah. socking them right in the nose. Oh yeah, no. we do ex- extensive training on that um, oh, because yeah. it's it's inevitable. I mean, mm-hmm. someone's going to swing on you. It's probably going to be a fourteen-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> it's a teenager. Yeah, it's a teenager. <laughs> but we do training on that. Um, there's obviously a way to keep them safe. We want everybody to be safe. So mm-hmm. so it's part of like my opening spiel that I give to the customers too. You like you signed up for this you know what you're doing mm-hmm. this is all pretend no one's yeah. really going to hurt you um so I, and I really lay that down it, we do not tolerate any uh mm-hmm. physical uh hitting mm-hmm. kicking any of that I, mm-hmm. i'll go pull them out of the game but um and you have it under uh closed circuit television the whole time right? absolutely so you can see the whole game absolutely yeah yeah and if i mean if there's an emergency with the actor they can call fuzzy bunny too i'm i'm in there as quick as i can on a fuzzy bunny because a lot of times they are having a, mm-hmm. a mild panic attack or or whatever or mm-hmm. they've wet the floor yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh you've had that oh, before my oh, yes. <laughs> recently actually <laughs> there was a woman this is a sad story but we'll tell it anyways um she had an accident, total pee pants. Not only did she pee her pants, but she slipped in her own puddle and fell into her pee in the game. So she came out. We didn't know. We've, we learned this after when she was in the lobby. She came out and stood against the wall, and we're like, no, come over here and get your picture taken. She didn't want her oh, picture taken, and now we know herself. why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then my actor comes and knocks. He says, hey, uh, you got some work to do. Yes. <laughs> that falls outside of my duties. <laughs> now, do, do the people that have gone through that, you said this is on closed circuit. I mean, do they get an opportunity to kind of just, I mean, you see some of these posts on Facebook. I mean, they're, they're kind of hilarious, you know, when people get startled reactions. Mm-hmm. do, do they get those? to see themselves uh and their reactions to some of this we do um usually when a show wraps we'll put together kind of a highlight reel oh. um so we get a kick out of it getting to you know watch all the footage and everything um you know we have all sorts of various categories that we have in our mind of funny things that we see like uh body movements so people do very odd things with their bodies when they get scared they touch themselves inappropriately they touch their neighbor inappropriately you know it's the weird stuff happens so you know we love we love looking back on it but we do try to compile um footage together that way you know someone can say oh i saw myself at the 32 second mark you know and it's it's fast paced but yeah i bet that's hilarious it is it's that's one of our favorite parts is kind of going back through and saying, oh, I remember that moment or, you know, it's it's hilarious to watch through. Is there something in a in a future game that you might want to try, maybe something you haven't done yet and you think you're going to try or maybe something that you would say if we had the resources that we would put into our game? Is there something that you think, wow, this this would be a cool next step for what we do? Um. Uh, you know, with our when we moved into a new warehouse, we have a lot bigger ceiling space um for me i'd like to utilize that it and we we have a little bit where um like mike when he's building he'll put a lid kind of on the whole show so that creates an upper stage for the actor um and Mm. we're really trying to move into that and utilize that upper space um it's kind of it's kind of cool and i have acted in a show with a lid like that so it's very empowering to be the scary character and then also be the scary character who's high above Mm -hmm. them it's so powerful and very effective um so i think that if you know we'll try to move into that and try to 
utilize our upper space. So it's maybe some more flying characters and things like oh, that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Trapeze act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If she had her way, she, she'd be doing it already. Well, I take, <laughs> I take uh, aerial silk classes as well. And the whole reason I started uh, learning aerial silks is to try to incorporate them into a game. Um, so, you know, that's like my dream is that I'll at some point be above customers doing some kind of like scary aerialist uh you know, routine and incorporate oh, that into. I keep game. thinking of the Wizard of Oz. I mean, <laughs> talk about. I mean, that still just have somebody swoop in from above. In my head, oh my you gosh, know, the, that's another the level down, of terror. Yeah, 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 man, yeah for yeah, sure. Coming from above. So uh, I'm thinking about you too. You're doing the aerial silks, and you've done the makeup, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, did, was that just kind of YouTube stuff that you figured that out? How did you? Because fi- you um, you do a great job with it. It's beautiful and it's yeah, scary. You know, I mean, it's funny, and I'm going to tell a story because I hope uh, I hope I he's want listening. You now. <laughs> no, the the story was um, Larry at uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. You had this uh, witch makeup on, and he said, I can't look at Rachel, but I can't look away. You <laughs> was, he was so terrified by your makeup, yes. he couldn't quit staring oh, at you. Oh, I love you. that. I love so that reaction. How, how did you learn that? Um, you know, I know YouTube. I never watch YouTube. I don't do anything like that. I just kind of, um, I we had a female actor who we had a long time ago. She had a loose knowledge of special effects makeup, and I just watched her and, you know, surpassed her by tenfold um so quickly i just picked up on it really easily like i said i i paint so painting a face is easy for me i don't know it's just it's easy obviously there's a learning curve with materials i had to learn how to manipulate liquid latex and do things like that um but you know for the most part i just work on myself i would stay up late and just do makeup after makeup on myself until i thought oh that okay that works or this didn't or you know it's kind of i just kind of taught myself and then back to the painting how did you get into the garland mural thing how did that come about um a friend of mine so i also um have done some filming i've done um some some z nation stuff i've done some movies some commercial work Mm -hmm. and a man that i filmed with shared the uh, art and action event and i just found out who was putting it on and said hey i want to come paint on a wall outside it's been you know a dream of mine to do a giant outdoor mural my whole life um so I got a hold of her, and she was she just walked me over and said, "Here, pick a spot." And I did, and it was awesome. I think I ended up doing one of the biggest murals. So I really bit off a lot for my first outdoor mural. Um, it took me a long time to finish, but yeah, it was incredible. And so everything with the filming or with the you know the art and action event, I just try to take our business and see what kind of paths and connections it can lead us into. And really, it's led me to incredible places and has also given me the confidence to lead myself into those places as well. Like I said, I'm shy and introverted, yet I've done filming, but it's it's different when you get to be a character. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be a different yeah. character than just Hear that myself, right. you know. Yeah. So I'm just thinking Dr. Benning. I mean, this character is already kind of, I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. So you you guys come create a look mm-hmm. and a persona about a Dr. Benning. Uh-huh. And so that stays the same. So every time you bring back the show, you have to kind of remember mm-hmm. how to, how that, all that makeup stuff goes. Yeah. So do you create, I mean, I could see where, you know, people come back. You said that's a popular show like some sort of merch, you know, like a shirt with Dr. Benning. I mean, is that something you guys go into very much as far as the merch aspect? Shirts or yeah, screen a printing? Bit. Um, you know, we, 
we don't like to outsource anything, so we taught ourselves how to screen print. Um, yeah. We were having a hard time finding, just nailing down a screen printer and finding someone who, you know, was reasonably priced and, you know, all the different categories that they have to fall under. So finally, we were just frustrated, and we said, let's just teach ourselves. So we, huh. we print our own stuff. Um, we do get stuff, big bulk stuff printed, and usually it's at the beginning of a Halloween season, mm. so we'll get a big bulk and sell through that stuff through the, our season. Um, we have done zombie-specific shirts, and you know, further on, I think that a, a lot of our customers would love to have Evelina shirts or a Benning mm-hmm. shirt or things mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um, you know, for us, there's so many, so much more that we want to do. But since our team is the two of us, mm. um, at times we do find ourselves like just trying to keep our head above water you know because we just oakley six she can help me (laughs) (laughs) i think that she'd really love to do the makeup stuff so yeah yeah. oh that's pretty cool but yeah i mean it's 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 kind of reminds me a little bit about those early uh video games you know like mist or something like that where you're kind of going and Mm -hmm. all these little like you mentioned the long hallways and it's a similar vibe yeah Yeah. if you've you've not been in one it's a similar vibe where Mm -hmm. you're in this place that you don't know where you are it's a little scary well it's scarier than mist and then you've got to figure out you don't even know what you're supposed to do except get out of the room so you're just trying to figure out what clues do I have in this room to get me out? Yeah, we did. We used to um, put written instructions in each room um, so that you could navigate. Uh, what we found is with all of our returning customers, they picked up on how we do things so quickly that they could get out of one of our games oh, in 30 you, minutes. Oh, you had patterns? Ah. Yes. They figured out your Where, habits? Yeah, oh, whereas gotcha. a new customer would, you know, they really right. needed that stuff. So that's when we decided to utilize our actor for that reason. So the actor is much more than an actor. They have to be tuned into their game and know, okay, they're at the 20 minute mark and they haven't done this. I need to go in there and kind of lead them that way or push that direction. Um, you know, because every every group that plays is so different. And escape games, just like any game, there's a learning curve. So if you've never played an escape game ever, mm then you're going to have a hard time in ours because there's mm-hmm. no instruction. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you're probably sweating because you're scared mm-hmm. and you just took a hood off your head and you're like, what the heck am mm-hmm. I doing? Yeah, I'd be <laughs> slipping on something. <laughs> <that> <laughs> <I just> <laughs> <laughs> I'd be standing against the wall when you were yeah. coming in for the group picture. Right. Yeah. So, so, so oh, oh, yeah, you I go, was Mike. just going to say, you talked about your actors. Mm-hmm. You have, like, a already kind of your own, like, first call actors that you know, and, and you have, a like, a Dr. Benning. Is that actor going to be recalled back every time they do a show? Or yeah. yeah, so we're... <sighs> the the haunt cartel i mean we say that it's just us but really we we do have our our little group uh, of of misfit artists i guess <laughs> i would call them from anything from uh from theater kids or the other makeup artists and stuff but we will plug into them at, um when we can um just depends on who's right for what role we won't just throw anybody into a game we we really want uh the games to to be a certain way so so we're really choosy about who we're going to put into a game or what their role is in a game but we do have our little group that we um we pick from um sometimes we'll bring in some new uh new people but for the most part it's just it's just our little group that Mm -hmm. we have and and we'll kind of tap each other in for different things and yeah. It's pretty hard work. You know, I think that a lot of people, they come out of shows. We, we have people so often say, oh, my God, this place is so cool. I want to work here, you know, because they're so pumped up when they come out of a game. And it's hard work. It's we call it haunter size. Um, it really kicks your butt. You have to be really <laughs> physical. Um, 
agile. You're crawling in and out of holes. You're climbing up high at times. You're jumping down. So um, we we kind of have we put people through the ringer and we lose people during that time. But it's good because mm. it's like a hazing. You know, mm. like if you make it past that, okay, mm. well you can be an actor with us then mm -hmm. and so our our benning um character right now he's been with us for a little over a year um and yeah he he he's awesome but we've put him in a lot of different roles because he's really versatile right. um he's had completely non-speaking roles to all the way over to the other end where he was hh holmes which then you have to you better know your character because mm. somebody inevitably is going to call you out and say, oh, I know the H.H. Holmes story and that's incorrect. Or, you know, so we really try to get our customers to pay attention and to care about their character and and enhance it. It should be getting better. So who you are on opening night, well, you're, you're nervous too, you know. Mm -hmm. So that character should be enhanced and grow with each show and and over time you should have it perfected you know and that's really what our bending character has done now so, so. this bending show is that running now or mm -hmm. that's coming up it's running now and that's the fuzzy bunny one yeah okay and you have another show running now mm -hmm. what's that one uh cult of the shadow man actually this this weekend cult of the shadow man wraps up um so the shadow man is ironically a character developed by our kids um, the it, those are our bedtime stories so the, sh <laughs> <laughs> the shadow man is kind of um uh, like a bug creature who who catches people in quicksand or people or animals or whatever in quicksand and eats them. So <laughs> that we've we took that story and are are incorporating it into the haunt. So this was the cult of the shadow man. So it was kind of the shadow man followers. So it was creepy crawly and bugs, but you didn't get to see the shadow man yet. So we do things like that to kind of lead up to what's to come. So if that shows concluding this weekend, mm -hmm. right? Do you have the next show up and running the following weekend? Uh, Grilla will be the next, and she'll open, is it a week after? It's it's normally about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. That's, I was going to yeah. say, that seems like a lot of work in yeah. one week. Yeah. yeah. We have turned over shows in a week before. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot out of you. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> well, and when you're running two shows. And yeah. how do you um, know, I mean, do you have, uh, how do people get, like, here's the calendar of shows coming up for, do you do it like an a month increment and you have an online site that people can get to to um, figure what's coming up? Yeah, we have our website, cartelhaunts.com, um, but we where we don't treat it like a, a booking or, or a reservation. We try to, uh, each theme is, a, is an event to us. So, you know, we post on Visit Spokane, the Inlander, oh. any event sites. Um, of course, they can go to our Facebook page or any of our social media. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever we roll it out, you know, we, we roll out the new artwork um, and then ticketing kind of opens up after that. And it, since games are so short, um, once we put it up, the the schedule is all there so they can mm -hmm. see it all. And on our on our Web page, it'll show different shows that we have coming up or, or things like so that. So that's the best place for people to find out what you're doing and to get reservations and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're and then the. Uh, Shadow Man, is that going to go through the holidays, through the end of December? No, that'll shut down this weekend. Oh, no, I mean, I'm sorry, the the um, the doctor one, the Dr. Um, Benning. Dr. Benning will close on Friday the 13th this in December. Um, and then uh, Grilla will open up the weekend before. So then we'll switch out for another game um, two weeks after the mm -hmm. 13th. They're kind of staggered like that. So uh, every month a new theme is happening. Gotcha. So, so that's kind of the way that we roll it. Hopscotching mm -hmm. them a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then that will be uh, 
the Hatter. It's uh, we have a series, The Rabbit Hole, um, which loosely Alice in Wonderland um, style, just mm-hmm. dark. Um, <laughs> so this this year we're gonna do do the Hatter. Um, I think nobody has heard that yet. No. So you're hearing <laughs> yeah, it here yeah, first. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> All right on. Uh, yeah. So we're, that'll open up um, closer to uh, I think the twenty. 22nd, I think, is when that opens up. Great. And you'll have it all listed on Cartel Haunts for anybody mm-hmm. to find it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. It was fun talking Thank to you. you. Very much. I hope the hour went fast. It yeah. did. Uh, yeah. I had a great time talking to you. Thank you very much. See you on Thanksgiving. <laughs>